Well, my talk today, um, you know, as a dentist, I've been technically correct, suffered in the, the oral medicine part of it, and this, so this has actually been good for me. But before we begin, we're going to pray, okay? Father God, we thank you, Lord, for the gift of your presence, the wisdom and knowledge that you have brought to us uh, as a group of dentists that desire to serve you. And Father, we recognize that we are lacking in our skills and in our knowledge to be able to convey that to those around us that need to know you better. So Lord, I just pray that during our time together this morning or this afternoon, we might get a glimpse of a more perfect way that we might be able to represent you to those we serve, uh, to our families, communities, to our local churches. And Lord, may it all be done to your name's honor and glory, because Lord, we long to see you soon, and we thank you for the part that we can play as dental and medical professionals. Uh, Lord, just bless us now with your presence. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So in, in our... Um, in our local church, we have the, what's called the Dinner with the Doctor program. Have any of you heard of Dinner with a Doctor? It's where we have a doctor come in and speak for an hour. And uh, You know, I've often been asked to, to give a dental pre- uh, presentation, and I thought, okay, well, what can I do that would, you know, you know, besides telling people, you know, don't eat sugar and candy and drink a lot of soda and, and all of that and how to brush and floss, and, you know, what would be a, a good thing? And, and so I got intrigued about... You know, the whole New START uh, acronym that we have come to understand, how could that really play into the oral health, too? And I, uh, I did a little research with that, and I actually kind of put this program together, which I kind of presented at our Dinner with a Doctor program. Uh, now, recognizing that this needed to be a little bit more dental, uh, professional-related, I've, ad- I've added some. <laughs> But bear with me, there are some simple uh, uh, parts in here, but uh, it's something that, that I, I, it was very helpful to me. Um, and, you know, my wife, she's actually a big um, cook for our Dinner with a Doctor program, and she's had a major role in that, and uh, anyway, it's, it's, it's been been a neat thing. And, but, you know, as people come, I mean, we get like 120 people coming every month to the program. And, and they, they come and they come and come. And you often wonder, you know, is this really affecting change? Are people being changed? And, you know, I, I don't know about you, but um, sometimes change is difficult for us. And so I'm hoping today that we can kind of rec- recognize the formula that uh, for, for lasting change. Uh, and so our talk today is not so much one that will, we're not setting out to scientifically prove the relationship between um, our, you know, the oral health and its effects on, this, uh, on our bodies, but, but rather establish the fact that there is a symbiotic uh, relationship between healthy living and our oral health. And, uh, and also establish a little bit of the power for lasting change. So... Healthy mouth, healthy body, making the connection. You know, as dentists, we know that our mouth is often the, the window to the overall health of our, of our bodies, right? Um, and you've heard the saying, is what you eat is what you are? Well, uh, more and more, the scientific community is bearing uh, this out as a statement of fact. Uh, 
And uh, you've also maybe heard the ex ex expression junk in, junk out. You know, it relates to the, you know, the computer world. If we put in the wrong data, we're going to get you know, bad data out. So, well, it holds true that you know, if our mouth is really the portal to our bodies, then if we're putting junk in, uh, whatever we put in, it's going to bear fruit in, in our bodies, including our teeth. Um, and so we see this kind of a two-way street in the mouth-body connection. Uh, you know, how often have you looked in a patient's mouth and they have poor teeth, and you also recognize that they have poor health? Vice versa, poor health, poor teeth. And again, many people who have good teeth are going to have good health. And good health, good teeth. So, yeah, a two-way street that we see. Now, um, you know, if we take care of our bodies, if we, or our teeth, you know, if we feed it well, if we exercise it, if we groom it and love it, guess what? That's going to take care of us, isn't it? Uh, well, you know, at, let me tell you a little bit myself, uh, about myself at home. We have, uh, we have horses at home. And this is a picture of my youngest daughter. Um, and she, she just loves horses. She loves being around them, and guess what? They love being around her, too. And uh, she's actually into breeding horses and, uh, and raising the young foals, and I've actually had the privilege of actually whoosh, pulling those horses out myself. Uh, and it's kind of neat, but I'm fascinated by the whole process of breeding, Okay. Uh, because it's, it's amazing how much attention that these breeders actually go into producing that perfect foal. Um, you know, first of all, uh, you have to find that, that great uh, mare. This is that, that red one there. That's our, our, our mare, Devon. Uh, but you have to have a great mare. You have to have a great stallion. And if, you're, if, you're, uh, if you want to produce a good hunter-jumper, then you're going to get a mare and a stallion that are going to produce that type of offspring. Uh, you want a good temperament. You want good confirmation. And if you do all of that, uh, then you're going to end up with, uh, well, before we get there, <laughs> during the pregnancy of that mare, what are you going to do? You're going you're to make sure it has good food, good water, good exercise, and in Tennessee, it's important that during the last three months of that pregnancy that you take that, that mare off of the pasture because the, the fescue in Tennessee has these little bugs in it that actually can produce uh, uh, negative effects on, on the foal. Uh, so you have to take her off the, off the grass and, and give her some hay from out of state. <laughs> but you also put them on a special formula for the growth of, for the growth of that foal in utero. Uh, and if you do that, you're going to end up with a, a nice little foal. Now, what's important is once that foal is born, this little one right here, oh, that one there too, I actually, I actually delivered this one right, right, out of the, right out of the mare. But it's within the first 30 minutes, that little foal has to have the mother's colostrum. If not, she's going to suffer some uh, immunity uh, defects. And it actually, this, this was our last, uh, last year's foal. This is, I don't have a picture of this year's, but this year's actually, we had a little trouble getting that colostrum. So I saw it firsthand. It, it's very, very important. Okay. 
But being present and loving that foal from the very moment of birth, it's a process called imprinting. Have you heard of imprinting a foal? Okay. Well, if, if you imprint that foal, that foal is going to be your best friend for life. And this, this, this little one here, she is a, she is a real sweet. Well, both, the, both of them, my daughter and the foal. <laughs> they all take after their mother, by the way. Um, but the point is, I continue to be fascinated that how our creator God made his creatures to function at their very best when they are fed well, exercised, groomed, and loved. Okay? So here we have this cycle of health. And I love this cycle of health. Um, you know, if we, you know, we want to give, you know, give our bodies the best food, the best exercise, the best grooming, and the best kind of love. And I just, I just have to believe that our creator God is intensely interested in us functioning at our very best getting all of these elements. And I can't express the last point enough, the best kind of love. Because if you love something, then what's going to happen? You're going to want to give it the best, don't you? And if you feel loved, you are prone to take care of yourself in honor of the one who is loving you, right? So it's kind of my prayer that as we go through this today, you know, we will... uh, we will know that we are loved by someone greater than you or I that desires the best or the best for us. So then, let's take a closer look at the scientific uh, end of this approach. When I actually put this program together, my son Brian was with me in practice. He's now in, at Loma Linda specializing in orthodontics. And he did this uh, scientific thing for, for me. So I'm trying to reinterpret his, his stuff. And... <laughs> But anyway, if, we hold, you know, if this cycle of health is true that all aspects of our being, then it should hold true that if we have a healthy mouth, we will more than likely have and experience a healthy body and vice versa. The principle of best in, best out. However, if we choose the principle of junk in and junk out, guess what? Unfortunately, this two-way street of our, of our health cycle begins to falter and our mouth-body systems that are intimately connected begin to show signs of failure. So let's take a closer look at this. Well, in the year 2000, uh, there was a milestone report put out by the Surgeon General of the United States. And it kind of was a a milestone in the history of oral health. Why? Uh, It was to alert the Americans to the full meaning of oral health and its importance to, to general health and well-being, and that there was a lack of general awareness on the public's part, to the oral diseases and how it affected uh, our bodily health as well. And it was also s- described that over 90% of the systemic diseases can be seen from an oral examination. I don't know if you were aware of that, but that report suggests, suggested that. So that was in the year 2000, so that was a little while ago. Has our understanding changed much since then? Is there really a connection between the oral and systemic health? Um, so yes, there is. The more we study it, the more research we are finding again and again that there is a significant link between one's oral health and overall health. And where is the connection? Well, uh, you know, the association between a periodontal disease and systemic diseases is now very widely being accepted. 
and we are seeing it in, uh, you know, in the cardio cardiovascular disease, stroke, and, and, and you can read the list. And this list doesn't include everything either. Um, and seven out of the, in the CDC in the year 2017, um, that was just two years ago, uh, reported that seven out of the 10 leading causes of death can be connected to the inflammation and um, oral bacteria in the oral cavity. Uh, so yes, it is more and more confirmed. Um, and but, and how, is, how is it connected? Most of the studies that have connected oral health to overall health suggested that it, that it is the periodontal pathogenic bacteria uh, developed in the disease process which contributes to the inflammatory process in the body that links the oral and the systemic health. Um, so I know this is all basic to you all, but who has periodontal disease? Well, according to the ADA, 47% uh, of the U.S. population over 30 has mild to severe periodontal disease. 70% of adults in the U.S. over 65 have moderate to severe periodontal disease. So how does this periodontal, how is the periodontal disease connected to our systemic health? Um, well, the research is still ongoing, but we see three different types of uh, associations. We see, an, uh, well, we see an association, we see a causal, where the periodontal disease is actually caused, uh, is actually causing the systemic disease, and we see a bidirectional uh, relationship as well. But how does it work? It is believed that the periodontal uh, bacteria uh, gets into the bloodstream and the body just has an inflammatory response to it. And that causes most of the, the problems uh, from the periodontal pathogens uh, entering into the bloodstream. Now, just three years ago, how many of you have heard of the, uh, the study by Bale, Donin, and Vigorust? Okay, that was a landmark study because it, it, it really established, as far as I know, maybe some of you know more than this, but it really for the first time demonstrated that there was very much level A evidence that supported a cause and effect relationship between uh, the, the, the arterial uh, atherovascular disease and, um, and the periodontal pathogens. So it was actually, uh, let me read this. High-risk bacteria present in periodontal disease are now considered a contributory cause of atherosclerotic disease, including heart attacks, strokes, and more. And these were the bacteria. I can't even say their names. Maybe some of you can. <laughs> but those are, the, those are the offending pathogens in the periodontal uh, plaque. Okay? And, uh, of course, we know that cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death in the U.S., and uh, there's, of course, studies have uh, connected the periodontal pathogens uh, in our bloodstream. And how do they do their damage? Well, they, they build up more plaque, and it increases the blood viscosity, which helps to produce the cardiovascular disease and or strokes, which is very similar uh, uh, etiology. Of course, diabetes. 
we see that diabetes has a bidirectional association. Periodontal disease contributes to or causes the systemic disease, and the systemic disease contributes to or causes the periodontal disease. So it goes both ways. Uh, and this is called a, a, a more of the bidirectional relationship of the periodontal uh, pathogens. And then earlier this year, in uh, January of 2019, uh, uh, this, the, the journal Science Advances really connected and more, you're hearing more and more about the Alzheimer's disease being connected with periodontal uh, pathogens as well, P uh, particularly the, uh, the uh, bacteria of P. gingivalis and the toxic enzyme, it's called gingipans, that actually helps uh, produce more and more of the, the it's contained in the amyloid uh, beta plaque which is associated with the Alzheimer's disease. So you've heard about Alzheimer's, correct? Being associated, yes. Okay, they've also, you know, the findings of this study are noteworthy in that they suggest that the periodontal disease, um, you know, as we are able to control that, it also can help uh, reduce your risk as well. So some simple conclusions are our, our mouth is definitely intricately connected to our systemic health. We're continuing to learn more. And we have the, the importance of a sound daily hygiene practice is emphasized. And the connections can be bidirectional. And here's some more uh, footnotes that my son Brian put together. You can see that he even quoted Zeno Charles Marcel. <laughs> There's Zeno's son Adrian here with us today. Okay, so we've established some of the scientific relationships, and but now you know we've seen the relationship between our mouth and bodies, and the compromised health that we can likely experience. Um, but now I wanted to connect the new start. Uh, the eight laws of natural health. You know, if we, if we abide by the principle of best in, best out, junk in, junk out, uh, what might that look like? So many of you are familiar with the eight laws of health, otherwise known as the acronym of New Start. You know, many of us probably feel that we are not giving our bodies or teeth the best of the best, and that we could benefit from a balanced approach to a new start in our lives. You know, very often we have the desire for a better way, but oftentimes we find ourselves failing, don't we? Um, you remember the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 7. Uh, he said, for what I want to do, that I do not practice. But, uh, but what I hate, that I do. So yes, we, we, we run into that all the time. Um, do you ever find yourself in that predicament? I know I do. <laughs> um, but thankfully, through a proper understanding of these eight laws of health, we can find success. Uh, and how can a new start not only, not only benefit our bodies but also our teeth? Well, let's have a look. Uh, starting with nutrition. And today I, I'm going to go through each of these elements of, of the new start and see how each one, it was really interesting to, to do research on each element and see how this affected our oral cavity uh, and our teeth, uh, and in turn, our body. 
So nutrition. Thinking of the principle best in, best out, what foods will be best for our oral health and likewise good for our bodies? Well, uh, it is a well-known fact that a whole foods, plant-based diet uh, is going to be great for overall health, right? Well, does, does that hold true for our teeth as well? Uh, let's find out. Uh, and, you know, I, I, I did much of this presentation at the dinner with the doctor, and that's a whole foods, plant-based diet uh, program. So does it really matter? Well, we do, we do know that there are certain nutrients that are critical for the, the proper growth, development, and maintenance and repair of a healthy dentition and, healthy dentition and oral tissues. And uh, the deficiencies, uh, particularly relevant to dental practice, are those in folate and other B-complex vitamins like uh, vitamin A. Vitamin A, C, D, calcium, fluoride, and protein. Uh, and a lack of any of these nutrients affects nearly every structure in our oral cavity. Uh, conditions such as scurvy, cleft palate, enamel hypoplasia, poor mineralization, and dental caries, along with other conditions, result. Um, and we know that diets high in, in sugars promote demineralization and dental caries. And nutritionally deficient diets can result in diabetes and is associated with periodontal disease and oral candidiasis. So these are some of the things that we see. So now I usually I, I take the participants through a little quiz. So I'm going to do that with you all here today, too. Uh, which food is nutritionally superior? What do you think? I hope you all do well in this quiz. Is it green leafy salad or the pastry filled with fruit filling? Which one do you think is the most nutritious? Okay. Okay, uh, well, why? You know, in the, in the green leafy salad, what are we getting? We're getting good vitamin A, C, B, and good calcium. Of course, in the pastry filled with fruit filling, we have the high sugar and it's uh, processed, which is not very good for us. What's our better choice here, fresh fruit or the fruit roll-ups? Fresh fruits, well, Why? Well, again, we have in the fresh fruit, we have good vitamin C, vitamin A. Uh, the fruit roll-ups, we might have trace amounts of those things, but again, we're going to get high sugars and the consistency, the stickiness. We all know that as, as dentists, what that can do. Okay, what about oatmeal and Fruit Loops? Why? Well, oatmeal, we're going to get good fiber, vitamin B, uh, vitamins and the minerals, and of course, the Fruit Loops. I used to like Fruit Loops, but <laughs> not not anymore. Well, we're going to get processed grains and refined uh, sugars, right? Potato chips or the beans and legumes. What's our better choice? I love. I used. I used to love potato chips. I don't anymore, to be honest with you. But why? Because the processed. You know, we got a lot of processed fats and oils in the beans and legumes. I well, my favorite food now. You can ask my wife, what's my favorite food, hon? Rice and beans, right? Okay. Why we're going to get good vitamin B, uh, B vitamins, um, especially the folate, iron, zinc, calcium, and magnesium. What about an apple versus apple soda? I know this isn't too simple for you all, but okay. Well, the apple, we're going to get good calcium, vitamin C, and fiber. Apple soda, we get the refined sugars, right? So that's the end of our quiz. Did everyone get everything right? 
Good, 100%. All right, you all pass. But if you paid attention, there was one vitamin that was missing. Can anybody tell me what it was? Who? D. Vitamin D. Uh, yeah, vitamin D. You don't get much vitamin D in the whole grain, fruit, and vegetable diet. So what is especially important for someone that, you know, has, for a vegetarian or a vegan to consider getting? It's, what's that? Sunlight. Yeah. Sunlight is, is the best or, you know, or a good vitamin supplementation. You know, at least 10 to 20 minutes a day. I, I, I prefer that kind of vitamin D. Of course, calcium, uh, we know you can get calcium from, you know, broccoli and the soy nut milks and tofu and things like that. Uh, now, interesting, in uh, uh, April of this year, the New York Times uh, reported on a study that was just conducted in Germany, and it was uh, published or printed or talked about in the New York Times on April the 4th. And they studied these uh, two types of diets, and they called the the right diet was, uh, oh, it was the one that, uh, let's see, let me read it. And let's read in the red. An anti-inflammatory diet rich in fruits, vegetables, especially legumes, nuts, and fish, and minimal trans fatty acids, sugar, dairy products, and other animal proteins. This group also took vitamin D supplements. Uh, but the right diet, let's see, the, okay, the other half of the, uh, was the usual diet. Um, and let's see, reading the red again at the lower, it says, after eight weeks, the researchers found that the diet group had higher vitamin D levels, late, uh, lost weight, and had significantly less gum bleeding. So the study just suggest, suggested that there was uh, you know, some good gum health benefits from eating a whole foods, plant-based diet. So I thought that was interesting. And of course, as, as a dentist, we know there's other, other factors in nutrition uh, affecting our diet, uh, the consistency of the food, uh, if it's sticky, gummy, uh, the frequency of exposure, how often you're eating, the duration of exposure, are you, are you sucking on hard candies and cough drops? Of course, the sugar content, you know, the more highly processed and refined, the more acid uh, is going to be working on the enamel. And of course, home care, how we fr uh, floss and brush, and are otherwise known as the grooming process. And of course, medications and the dry mouth. Uh, and tooth healthy foods, such as fruits and, and vegetables, increase our salivary flow. So these are some factors that are affecting us. But let's move on now to the exercise. How does exercise affect our oral health? Um, well, there was a study published in the British Dental Journal, November 26, 2005, and it showed that, that regular exercise can reduce the risk of, of uh, gum disease. And they studied a group of non-smokers who exercised regularly, and they were 54% less likely to develop gum disease than the group of non-smokers who did not exercise. So how is this so? Well, what does exercise do? It helps us to reduce inflammation in our overall bodies, and that includes our gum tissues as well. Um, and then in July 2006, there was another study, and it showed 
It demonstrated that exercise stimulated the release of nitric oxide. And of course, what does that do? That's stored in the endothelial cells in the blood, uh, which helps prevent gum disease from developing. So these are some good studies that have been done. Um, and you can have fun while you're taking care of your teeth. But people who don't exercise, what happens to them? Besides uh, getting burned out. <laughs> um, you know, generally people that don't exercise are going to have a lot of weight gain, obesity, hypertension, diabetes. You know, each one of these health issues is associated with poor oral health conditions. So oral health and overall health go hand in hand. And it is so it's essential for us to take care of our mouth and our bodies. But what about water? How is water connected to our teeth? Uh, you know, you've heard the expression, um, is, your, is your glass half empty or half full? Well, when it comes to water, it doesn't really matter. Any water that you drink is going to be uh, good for you because our bodies, it's made up about 60% water. So staying hydrated is going to help our system distribute, you know, the nutrients and gets rid of waste and gives our skin the healthy glow and, and get, you know, keeps your muscles moving. So... Water is very good, but as dentists, we understand that there's four good reasons for, uh, for drinking water and why water is the best beverage for our teeth. Number one, it, it can strengthen our teeth, uh, especially if it has the appropriate amount of fluoride. I'm not going to get involved with that controversy, but uh, it, it, there have studies that have shown that the proper amount certainly does strengthen our teeth. Uh, and what else? Second thing, it keeps our, our mouth clean, doesn't it? How does it do that? It dilutes, the water is diluting the effects of the acid. It's getting rid of the, you know, the, the residue on our teeth. And uh, yeah, it helps reduce the overall bacterial uh, content in our mouth. It also, water, it helps fight dry mouth. Moisture in the mouth, especially from saliva, is the mouth's first defense, right? Uh, against tooth decay. And of course, lack of water resulting in dehydration can negatively impact, impact our saliva supply. And of course, medications uh, affect, us, uh, our, uh, affect the dry mouth as well. But it's also calorie-free. You can't, you can't gain much weight by drinking water, can you? In fact, studies have shown that you are losing weight when you drink a lot of water. But what about the sunshine, the good vitamin D? Well, sunshine helps us because we can get vitamin D. And that's the one vitamin that we needed because it was lacking in the vegan and vegetarian diet, wasn't it? And so, you know, the good news is that if, you know, as we are exposed to vitamin D, that in turn is going to help uh, support our oral tissues and, and the health as well. So, vitamin D, you are my sunshine. <laughs> Now, the studies have shown, too, that those that are experiencing bone loss and uh, uh, calcium deficiencies, they're typically vitamin D deficient. So the takeaway from this is that it's obvious, there is an obvious cor correlation between uh, vitamin D and, and these deficiencies. What about temperance? How does temperance uh, affect our oral health? What, what is temperance anyway? What, what connection does it have? What's that? 
Balance, yeah, I like that. Temperance is about bringing balance and moderation into all that we do, isn't it? And, and really, temperance means to abstain from anything that is harmful and use in moderation things that are good, right? Well, I'm from, I live in Tennessee, and you know what Tennessee, you know where, you know where Mountain Dew is made, is made? Tennessee. That's where it gets its name, Mountain Dew. <laughs> There's a lot of dew on the mountains in Tennessee. You know, it's, I'll go to the, well, have you ever had a patient come into your office and you look in their mouth and they have a mouthful of decay and you wonder, you know, I, I ask them, uh, are you drinking a lot of soda, sweet tea, or anything like that? And invariably they say, well, you know, I drink a lot of sweet tea and oftentimes it's Mountain Dew. <laughs> and I say, well, how much, do you, how much do you drink a day? And, I mean, a six-pack of Mountain Dew. I mean, I, yeah, it's like all day, constant exposure. Uh, so temperance. Temperance is about choosing li- wisely. You know, should we, should we uh, drinking that six-pack of Mountain Dew every day, or, or sh- maybe sh- we should increase our water supply? Well, certainly our teeth and our bodies will reap the benefits if we make the right choice here. But, you know, temperance actually refers to all aspects of our life and our lifestyle. You know, whether it's overeating, overworking, too much play or too little. Um, too, too little or too much of anything, really. And such un- unbalanced living robs men and women of a rich and healthy and satisfying life. You remember the abundant life that our Creator God is longing for us to enjoy? That's where temperance comes into play if we choose wisely and have that balance. So what about the air? A for air and oral health. You know, here we see a lady sitting up on the top of a peak of the mountains and getting a lot of that negative ion air, right? And then down below we see a lady uh, inhaling some smoke. Uh, what, what is the number one element necessary for life? Oxygen. Okay, well, fresh, you know, as, as the fresh air brings oxygen to our whole bodies, it's bringing oxygen to our oral tissues as well. So what does smoking do? Yeah, it, you know, as, as the smoke is inhaled, it brings, you know, the, the tissues in the mouth are being deprived of the oxygen necessary for life, and it's going to bring, naturally bring about necrosis and death of the oral tissues and even bring on some life-threatening oral cancers. So what do you say? We should choose life, right? Choose the air. Okay, Let's, we're down to the R. Rest and your oral health. Why the importance of quality rest and its effects on your mouth? Well, what is the opposite of rest? Unrest. <laughs> That's right. In other words, what is unrest? It's being stressed out, right? Okay, none of you get, guys get stressed out like I do, right? Uh, that's good. But what, you know, what is stress? You, know, you, you either have too much to do, uh, you have to juggle you know, a million things between home and work and your kids and spouse and all the errands that you have to run. And, and you know, we all have those days, right? And uh, well, you know, all of those days add up. 
And they can, you know, they all add immense stress into our life. And uh, that stress affects more than just our emotional health. It affects, it physically alters your, you as well. Uh, what are some physical symptoms of, of stress on your mouth? What's that? Bruxism? You got it. Yeah. Uh, you know, what, what happens? You know, our, our mouth already has to deal with a lot of chewing of food. I mean, thousands of times a day those teeth are, are working. So, you know, it needs periods of rest, of course. Um, but, you know, as the stress builds up in your life and before you know, know it, you're, you're, you're clenching and grinding your teeth and you're doing that multiple times a day and, and then that carries on even into your sleep time at, at, at night. And so we're, you know, it definitely can lead to uh, to some physical issues, and and these are a few of them: uh, TMJ issues, constant headaches, sore jaw muscles, sensitive teeth, and extra tooth wear. So how do we prevent some of this teeth grinding and clenching? Well, Eric was talking about exercise a little bit ago. Exercise is a good stress uh, reducer. Why? Because there's a lot of endorphins that are released, uh, and that helps to combat stress. But you know, if you if you exercise a lot during the day, what's going to happen at night? You're going to be tired out, aren't you? So you're going to naturally sleep better just from from the exercise that you've done. Another one is listen to your favorite music, and I would say that you know something like a classical music is a good, reliable genre to. Uh, induce stress, uh, releasing of stress. I like uh, listening to some Christian instrumental music as well. Uh, So that's another way of reducing uh, some of the the clenching, grinding. Another method is, and this has never worked for me, but putting the tip of your tongue between your teeth. You bite your tongue instead of your teeth. And you can also put a warm washcloth on your jaw and... uh, and help relax the muscles before going to bed. And of course, a mouth guard or a splint can be made by yourself or a a dentist that can intentionally reduce the the grinding. But last but not least, I like to point out the the inspirational reading. Do you know what what my favorite inspirational reading might be? Scripture. Why scripture? And especially before going to bed, uh, what are you going to read in Scripture? You're going to find some promises, some good stress-reducing promises like this one. It says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy burdened, which is being stressed out, right? And listen to this. And he says, And I will give you rest. It's not yourself giving yourself your own rest. The promise is, from him, that he will give us that rest. How does Jesus give us that rest? First of all, the verse says, all he says is, number one, come. That's all he asks. He says, come, and I will give you rest. That, a paraphrase of that same verse, I would say, is that which you are incapable of doing for yourself, I will do for you. Christ in you. In fact, it is only when we admit that we cannot help ourselves that he can step in and work on our behalf. 
that's how I found it in my life. I don't know how it is in your life, but until I give up and let him work, I'm, I'm like uh, the Apostle Paul. Um, which leads us into our final element. Trust in God and your oral health. You know, um, perhaps you're a lot like me and many others. You know, we desire change and, and we know what's for our best, but we seem powerless and incapable of making that change, that new start. And like the Apostle Paul said, everything he didn't want to do, that he found himself doing. And maybe you find that it seems useless to attempt change. You want to change, but you're discouraged by failure. Do you remember what we talked about in the beginning? It is when you feel loved, or when you love someone else, that's when you're motivated to want to improve your, your condition or circumstances, isn't it? It's not just for yourself, but it's for the one who loves you. Well, I know someone who does love you, and he wants us to come to him, admitting our helplessness, and then he says, I will complete that work in you. Notice, it's, take notice of this. It's not based on, it, and I'm sorry, it is based on his promises to you and not your promises to him. That's where we get the rest. That's where we get the power. This is how you can have a new start that is enduring. As you rest in him, you can rely on him to f- perform his work in you. And that's a promise. How about it? This is a picture of my family. But the question I have is, what is it that you love? You know, this picture was taken at Thanksgiving time last last year. If we take this picture again right before Thanksgiving this year, we're going to have four more grandchildren in this picture. But what is it that you love? Is it family? Is it gardening, hiking, biking, or maybe horses? You know, perhaps, but whatever it is, use that same passion for a new start. Trusting his promises, trusting and resting fully in him. And what he has promised, he is fully capable of performing that good work in you. And then you can really be on your way to a new start, to a healthy mouth, healthy body, happy you. Is this something that you desire? You know, then let, you know, let's let our creator God do what he really wants to do in us. His invitation is simply come and he will give. Let's let him do his work. You know, a couple of speakers this week have emphasized the word let. Let, uh, let God do his work. I think that's the key. Let us let God do the work in us that he desires to do. What do you think? Are you ready for a new start? I am. So thank you for your time. I hope this was 
somewhat helpful. I, you know, as you go back to your communities and uh, try to connect the, you know, the new start to oral health, I hope some of these principles can, can help as you share with your patients as well. So why don't we uh, pause for prayer as we close. Father in heaven, I thank you for your blessings. I thank you for the prescription of health that you have given to us as a people. The new start, all these elements, Lord, and how they interact with all that we are and all that we do. But Lord, teach us that we are loved by you. Give us hearts of appreciation, Lord, that, that de- desire to have the life, uh, long-lasting changes that, are, that will be with us, that we don't falter and fail, but as we love you, Lord, we let you do the work in us. So thank you for this time together. Please bless each participant here today as they go back to their homes and, and treat their patients and share your love with those around them. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.